to another episode of Too Young to Be This Old. I am your host, Ben, here with co-host Andy this evening. Hello. Or morning or afternoon, depending on when you're watching it, but we record in the evening. Yes, we do. Don't forget, you can find us at podcast.tooyoungtobethisold.com, where you can find links to all of our social media, which can be found under the tag Too Young to Be This Old, or T-Y-T- BTO. BTO, thank you. <laughs> I was sitting here trying to fucking... You're struggling. Like, I was struggling hard on that one. <laughs> but, um, let us start by saying, welcome to another edition of We Do Movies. Yes. Um, not making the, the, the jump we did last time, but we are going to talk about 2001, A Movie Odyssey. Just going one year ahead of what we did last time. Right, because well, last year led us to see there was a lot of cool stuff this year. Yeah, that's true. So so that's that's how podcasts work. That's how your subjects happen. That's true. So we do have some interesting uh, interesting things. We're going to set the tone for you here. Yes, with clothing, we had trucker hats becoming a thing. Which Fucking Ashton Kutcher. Sounds like a mistake. Um, all denim everything. Thanks, Brittany and Justin. Don't you and talk then, bad about them. I'm not talking bad about them. I'm thanking them for what they did with denim. You take okay. that as you will. And then FUBU, which, Ben, you had feelings about. For us, by us. <laughs> I am okay. not of the correct skin tone to have been wearing FUBU. Yeah. But my grandmother thought it was the popular thing for all the kids. Oh, yeah. So a lot of us had FUBU, and I'm not going to lie, I would wear it again, because it fits well for the Husky Man. I Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had some FUBU stuff back in the day, and I, I don't remember when Rokaware or Rockaware was a thing, but mm-hmm. I definitely had some of that. It fit real nice. Rockaware was created in 1999 by Jay-Z, so that, that was definitely a thing in 2001. <laughs> but go. good clothing, Fit nice. I remember the shirts felt good. But yeah, anyway, that's clothing. We're not a clothing podcast. We have no business trying to be. So, music. We had a few choice uh, songs that I picked here that I saw were 2001 tracks that I... Some some of them surprised me. Uh, you Remind Me from Usher came out in 2001. Uh, it's Been a While from Stained. Uh, Drops of Jupiter for that band Train. Uh, One More Time by Daft Punk released, and System of Down's Chop Suey all released in 2001. Oh, man. Yeah, some some bangers. That, now in TV... That you still go hard. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, exactly. Those, songs are, those are still some songs we'll go hard Oh, yeah. On. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, so for TV, I, I thought there was a pretty strong selection of things that started in 2001. Um the first one I'm going to mention, fucking 24, begin my love affair with Kiefer Sutherland in the year 2001. <laughs> there you go. I have such a problem with how much I like that man, and I know apparently it is thought by many people um, after being at a party this weekend and being shamed for mentioning that I enjoyed Designated Survivor that that is not a good show. I just like Kiefer Sutherland too much is what I was told. But whatever. You're probably right. Probably. They're probably right. They probably are, yeah. And uh, I'll let you go on some of these other ones, Ben. 
I mean, on this list that you have provided, Samurai Jack was my jam. Yep. I loved anything that uh, was Gennady Tavarsky, same guy that did Dexter's Lab. Right. I pretty much loved anything he was doing. Powerpuff yep. Girls as well. Right. Um, Invader Zim. Yeah. Thank you for ever getting the Doom song stuck in my head. <laughs> and uh, this was like a weird time for me because I yeah. was I was at the point where I was a little. I felt like I was a little too old for some things, but but I still watched me some Power Rangers Time Force. I put Power Rangers Time Force on there for you exclusively. Well, see, let me see that because it was weird. Because like, okay, huh. side <laughs> tangents about to happen real quick. Here we go. I was a huge Power Rangers fan from Mighty Morphin all the way up into Power Rangers in Space, like religiously. Like ev- that was an every every weekday affair for me. Then they did Lost Galaxy. Right. Wasn't a huge fan of Lost Galaxy. Right. But Time Force looked solid. Right. And solid. Time Force is also the setting for one of my favorite podcasts. Nice. I think I remembered that when I was picking this. Yep, but Time Time Force is the reason for one of my favorite podcasts and uh the current basis of a D and D campaign that I am creating. Hell yeah. That's awesome. So. But uh, for me, uh, I just put a few other ones on here. Not that I'm, I may not have watched all these. So Smallville definitely was not my thing, but it was popular. It was definitely a 2001 thing. Lizzie McGuire was a thing starting in 2001. And Star Trek Enterprise, which everybody hated, but I loved because Scott Bakula is fantastic. And also, that show had my favorite <laughs> Um, entrance music for a Star Trek show, and that is Faith of the Heart, performed by Rod Stewart. Look it up. It will make you be inspired to go to space. I'll keep that in mind. Yep, keep it up. So, but we're here to talk about movies just like last time, so we're going to jump right in like we did back in the year 2000, just one cinema year ago, and we're going to start with the 2001 Academy Award winners. You want me to kick this one off, Ben? Yes. All right. So, clearing Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay, A Beautiful Mind. Uh, this is starring a very young-looking Russell Crowe, a very young Ed Harris, Jennifer Connelly, just some of the, the ones that jumped right out to me when I was watching it. But this is always kind of been considered like one of the best movies of all time by anybody I've talked to. Um, I got a chance to watch it recently and it definitely worth a watch. I mean, it follows Russell Crowe's character um, who is, uh, it's based on a, based on a true story about uh, John Nash. Um, and he's a noble lariat in economics and it follows his story of being kind of a genius but also struggling with schizophrenia so worth a watch great acting great film in general so definitely i don't have too many arguments about what it won there but i'll let you get the next one ben all right thank you sir our next one winning the awards for best original score best cinematography best visual effects and best makeup is hands down my favorite book adaptation to film. Yes. Ever. 
Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Holy shit, what's not yeah. to like about this movie? I still remember going to see this on opening day. Uh, Dude, the so when I was seeing what it won, that yeah. score was on point. I was like, oh, that yeah. is, there's no reason. The fi- Absolutely. The, the visual effects, I think there may have been other movies that could have taken that one. Sure. But, in best makeup? No, it was hands down no, best no, makeup. There's, yeah, there's nothing else that's going to take that. There's, there's no way. No. Um, I mean, this is like Vigo Mortensen's big break. We've mentioned him before in a previous edition. Yes, we have. And Orlando Bloom as Legolas. The one thing that always trips me out is uh, John Reese davies who plays Gimli. For some reason, oh, yes. I just thought he was short. No, he's like six six five. No, yeah, exactly. He's, he's a very large man. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of your 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 actors from Lost are here in this movie. Yes, they are. Um, God, what? Who, who, who is it again? Dominique. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, but I remember going to see this on opening day. I remember back before fancy reserve seating. Um. From my phone, um, I remember me and my mom and my dad had to be at like the front row in the corner, so just like looking straight up, and it was still amazing. Yes, <laughs> like still enjoyed every moment of it. Me and my mom were totally into it, loved it. My dad like like just collapsed, um, yeah. but definitely a fantastic yeah. movie. Ian experience. McKellen, Ian McKellen is Gandalf, and uh, Christopher Lee is Sauron. Yes, in in this movie were. I really love their dynamic throughout the series. Really glad we got to see what we did of them in this first movie. And the scene in the Mines of Moria where Gandalf is just like, to the Balrog, you shall not pass. Line, if it's ever said, nine times out of ten, if someone tells you you cannot pass, it's always, you (laughs) shall not pass with authority. And that's the only way to do that now. Yep. Yep. But, yeah, a, a masterpiece know, in its own right. Yeah, I know you got so, some feelings about this next one. Yes! Black Hawk Down clears out with two awards this year, Best Film Editing and Best Sound. So, if you remember from the year 2000, uh, Best Sound was also taken by a war movie, and that was U571. Um, Black Hawk Down, you got Josh Harnett, Ewan McGregor, uh, a few other people, but Josh Hartnett, Ewan McGregor, is really what you should be uh, concerned with. Um, this movie, I, I, I watched bits and pieces of it again recently because I wanted to uh, really pay attention to like the sound. Um, and yeah, this this movie kills it. It's your, it's kind of your standard war movie, you know. Um, it doesn't doesn't really do anything totally out of left field. Um, you know, it's based on a nonfiction book of the same name um, about a raid that happened in 1993. So it's it's using that source material, but does a really good job with it. So solid film. Is that all you got on that one? That's all I got on that one. Okay, well, this next one is uh, winner of Best Art Direction and Best Costume Design. I did find it weird that this one, Best Costume Design, after what we just talked about with Lord of the Rings. Yep. I forgot to mention Sean Bing dies in Lord of the Rings. Oh, well. Well. He's in Lord of the Rings, so. Yeah, Sean Bean's in a movie, he dies. People should know these rules. Right. So, Moulin Rouge, uh, your general consensus, it's 
a weird kind of to me this is this is to me so i don't know how everybody else feels about it it felt like a weird love story going on between the characters of christian and satine who are played by nicole kidman and ian mcgregor right with the background being like this very undercover strip club kind of thing yeah like a cabernet yeah, that's the thank you. Also, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, it's Cabernet. Also, you and McGregor in two uh, award-winning movies, by the way. Right. Cause... So you can tell this movie set in like the 1900s because right. uh, tuberculosis is a thing. That's a thing. Which, if you refer back to a previous episode, vaccinate your crotch goblins. <laughs> I was surprised watching this. I was surprised with the cast. Yeah. You have Nicole Kidman. Ian McGregor, John Leguizamo. Oh, yeah. And Kylie Minogue. Yeah. So it was just kind of a weird... Weird mashup of people. Yeah, it was It was yeah. kind of weird. Nicole Kidman's also in another movie in 2001 that I very much enjoyed that I might mention later. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, anyway, how, so... How did this next film not win best use of a smash mouth song uh you know what it was not even the only movie with the use of a smash mouth song oh and i'll mention that later okay um but shrek best animated film and really just just a treasure um i remember having that shrek soundtrack on cd uh in my cd player it was a huge shrek face i'm pretty sure i still have it in my closet somewhere mm-hmm. that soundtrack was fantastic. So, nothing but bangers. Nothing but bangers. This this soundtrack had, you know, not only Smash Mouth on it, right? I mean, you're already doing good, but it also had the Baja Men with a song that wasn't, you know, who let the dogs. Did out. they have Jeff Buckley's version of Hallelujah? It on that did song? have Jeff okay. Buckley's of. Dawn. No, actually, sorry, sorry. It had Rufus Wainwright's version. No, sorry. According to Spotify, oh. it did not. All these years, I've felt wrong. It had "You Belong to Me" by Jason Wade. It had Baja Men, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, it also had the Proclaimers. I'm on my way. Um, and it had a, it had uh, Eels, my beloved monster, which is how I got into the Eels was because of Shrek. So thank you, Shrek, Shrek, for enhancing my music knowledge. <laughs> Going but, from one animated film yes. to another animated film here, Monsters we have Inc. Best Original Song right. with Monsters, Inc. Uh, Randy Newman, who, if he writes something for a Disney Pixar movie, it wins Best Original Song. That's true. End of story. It's true. I've seen this movie a ridiculous amount of times. Yeah. I do find it weird with with Shrek, Monster Inc. We also have Atlantis, right? All come out this same year, so yeah. it's kind of like big year also, for animation. It was a huge year yeah. for animation, and also shout out there to Joshua Calopy from our Facebook page mentioning Atlantis as his favorite movie of two thousand and one. Oh yeah, I saw that. So he also uh, said Fellowship was his second. Nice and Evolution is a guilty pleasure. So, oh man, that movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So switching away from animation. So definitely switching away. From animation. <laughs> definitely, just a totally different area. But we had uh, best actress uh, best with actress. Mon- 
Yeah, best yep. actress. Uh, mon. Uh, I about said Monsters Inc. No, Monsters <laughs> Ball. Uh, best actress was actually Halle Berry. Yes. And as of recording, and as of 2019, she is mm. the only African American woman to win this award. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, there's your interesting little. Uh... She was also in another movie in 2001 that we will mention later. Okay. I think we will. We might okay. not. Uh, but this cast also was interesting. It had uh, our some people we like, like Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah, um, Billy Bob Heath Ledger. Yep. Sean Combs. Yeah. You may know him as Puff Daddy, P Diddy, Puffier Diddy. Right. Most Def. And Most Def, yeah, exactly. Most so, Def was the one that caught me by surprise. Yeah, there there was some some interesting ones there, and it, it's it's a dark movie. A very dark movie. It takes really place know. in Georgia. Um, yeah. The, yeah. The. Um, some I of like the how it takes place are, in Georgia, but was right. filmed in Louisiana. Well, this is before Georgia became the filming hotbed that it is. Well, for now. For now. But yeah, it takes place uh, correctional officers at a prison in Georgia, and uh, to, very different tone from <laughs> Monsters Inc. Yeah. <laughs> so now moving on to the next movie. Uh, best actor, Training Day. Denzel, motherfucking Washington. I know how you feel about Denzel, so King I'll let you go. King Kong ain't got nothing on <laughs> him. So, funny story, shout out to Heartland Radio 2.0, their episode that dropped on Friday. They were talking about movies through a lot of the episode. And I, and oh, yeah? I really is that another one back. of the 600 podcasts you follow? Yeah, 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 it is. All right, cool, cool. I need you to actually go back and listen to this one because they bring up an amazing point that is basically like Denzel Washington. If he's Mm -hmm. in the movie, it's a good movie. Like, (laughs) try to find a bad Denzel movie. I feel like I can find one, but oh well. I want you to I want you to find it and get back to me on that one. All right, but um, they're talking about it, man. This is Ethan (laughs) Hawke, right? Or Ethan Ethan Hawke? Yeah. Okay. Ethan Hawke and Eva Mendes. Also, God, in this movie, super Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. They're there. <laughs> they're there. But this... This might be my favorite Denzel movie. Really? Yes. Tell us a little bit about this movie. Okay, so basically you have Denzel running the narcotics department of a, a police department. And he's got a new recruit with him. And he is doing... All this thing just to shake up the rookie. Has Ethan Hawke like smoking drugs, drinking a beer while he's at work. Really kind of testing to see how cool Ethan Hawke is. Like how far he can push him. Right. Alright. Because you find out he's a pretty fucking dirty cop. Alright. Do- doing some shit. Sure. Uh, with some other people. But he, he he's not letting this dude in on the action until he feels like he can trust him. Right. And uh, as we find out, you know, later in the movies, it, it, you just got to watch it. Sure. Go, All right. There, there's a moment early in the movie that ends up being like the crutch point in the movie All where right. Ethan Hawke's character saves a girl from being raped. Oh. Yeah. All right. So, so that happens. Later in the movie, Denzel leaves Ethan Hawke's character 
with a bunch of gangbangers. Basically, they're going to kill him as a favor for Denzel, for, since Denzel's going to turn the other cheek. Well, so Ethan Hawke is sitting here trying to, you know, this, that, and the other. He has the girl's wallet still because she took off and left it behind. So when he's about to die, this gangbanger's going through his stuff, finds this, and it's his niece. So, plot twist, Ethan Hawke doesn't die because gangbanger finally gets the truth out of his niece. It's a really hairy moment in the movie as it's all going on. But basically after this happened, Ethan Hawke walks out and is basically just like, I'm about to fucking ruin Denzel's day. (laughs) Awesome. So, all right. So, yeah, let's not get too deep. I want to ruin it for anybody who wants to watch Training Day and hasn't seen it. So, best supporting actor. Um, Every once in a while, we hit a few on these, as you guys have listened to, that we totally missed. So, Iris um, did not see it. Um, But this is a British-American biographical drama that tells the story of an Irish-born novelist uh, and her relationship um, with John Bailey. So, the uh, best supporting actor, uh, Jim Broadbent, uh, won that award for this role, but I don't have too much on this one. Right. And Gosford Park's kind of in the same boat. It's a 2001 British murder mystery. Yep. I hear it's real for... good. I'd never heard of it until we started looking this up, but... Best original screenplay. But you need to be in a mood to watch this one. Yep. And I wasn't in that mood to watch this one, so I got far enough along to know it was British. And it's got a pretty solid ensemble cast. Right. So. Let's get to the part that everybody likes, though. Yes. My personal favorite part as well is where we go over, after we've given you the best, we go over those Razzies. Yeah, and the worst usually have more movies that we actually feel strongly about. Yes. So... So, Do you want me to kick off the first round? I got this. You got this one. I know you've seen this. Winning, worst picture, worst actor, Oof. worst director, worst screenplay, and worst screen couple. We have the movie that never should have been made, Freddy Got Fingered. The yep. one thing that bothered me in this Razzie's Award when you're mm-hmm. reading about this is the, the worst screen couple category. There's always something kind of weird about it. Right. And oh, this one yeah. was Tom Green oh, and whatever no. animal he was abusing on screen. Oh. And I'm just like, that's a weird choice of words. But yeah, it was... I don't it's know true. why Tom Green had a show other than he dated Drew okay. Barrymore at Okay, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Some of Tom Green's... I'm going to go back because if, if my sister listens to this, she'll fight me on these words. Tom Green had a fantastic show back in the early 2000s, late 90s. It was hilarious and ridiculous. It probably doesn't age well, but it was hilarious back then. The movie, This movie, though, not good. No, it was all way around. Back. But I, I don't know why he had the show in the first place, but it was just a thing in the 90s. I mean... There just wasn't much competition. But you mentioned the the kind of funny things they put, which I like the runner-up to Worst Screen Couple, which was Ben Affleck and either Kate's Be- Kate Beckinsdale or Josh Hartnett in Pearl Harbor. <laughs> that, that, that made me chuckle. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, 
All right. Worst actress. Glitter. Mariah Carey. Yes, Mariah Carey. That... I don't see how you can give this woman worst actress. Because in 2001, you could have had just a still photo of Mariah Carey on screen, and it still probably would have made money at the box office. It's true. Um, she I was mean... also nominated for worst screen couple with her cleavage. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, that was a movie that happened. I've always heard this as like, just a, just panned, like, you know, about as much as Battlefield Earth was. It's horrible. Yeah, I never watched it. Um, so this next one kind of makes me laugh because worst supporting actor, um, worst supporting actor, same person in three different movies, movies. Charlton Heston for Cats and Dogs, Planet of the Apes. And town and country. It was sad to see this though, because of how big a star Charlton Heston right. was back in the day. Right. To didn't to didn't see this, it was kind of like, oh, this kind of like. That's a... I feel like we're beating up an old man right now. Yeah, yeah, it feels like we're you know kicking a racehorse when it's down at that point. But yeah, rough, rough go. But Planet of the Apes will get mentioned here in a bit. Um, so worst supporting actress, we have. Stella Warren in Driven and Planet of the Apes, by the way. Yep. yep. Which she's she's going on a twofer here. These these twofers kind of crack me up, and it, it it makes me feel bad. But man, that's that's rough. Yeah, I'll um, be real honest. I think when I think because I actually I I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about Driven a little bit sure. later. But I didn't even remember there being any sort of love story in that movie Oof. or any any romantic interest that's how forgettable her performance is right um and then oh, back to we have the to mention worst, this movie yeah the worst sequel or remake i just want to say it for the record oh, man. i think this is the first time razzie's got it wrong really i think it should have been jurassic park 3 yeah i won't argue with you there jurassic but... park 3 is so fucking bad it was in the running for it but it was planet of the apes which i thought was pretty good in 2001 i thought it was good i can probably promise you that if we go back and watch it now we'll probably hate it it's got martin Wahlberg in it i don't think i'll hate it i think you that know might what be mild interest you're right i probably would like it too but i yeah, think the fact that, that they re they, they basically rebooted the series after rebooting the series yeah. It was like the Spider-Man. Yeah. Just not a not a great look, but 2001 Planet of the Apes takes it. It was in running with a few other movies, some that I forgot happened, like Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Didn't remember mm. they did that. Jurassic mm. Park 3, wish I'd forgotten about that. Pearl Harbor and Sweet November. I just realized that Planet of the Apes was directed by Tim Burton. That explains it. It was directed by Tim Burton. That's because... How did you not know if Helena Bottom, Bottom Carter is in the movie? Because I forgot she was in the movie because they had so much makeup on her. Truth. Truth. So, but, so moving from our award winners, we're going to talk about the top 25 box office. Yes. We have some strong ones in here. Some we've already talked yes. about, so we can skip over those. But um, number one, I remember Harry- waiting in line for this. Yep. With my Harry Potter glasses and a wand. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm really surprised this didn't get a nomination for anything. Yeah, what the hell? And 
also even more surprising the fact that we have this and Lord of the Rings come out come out the, the same, same year. year. Yeah, exactly. But, I did but, not remember that yeah. until I'll still go to my grave as the Lord of the Rings trilogy being a better adap- book adaptation to film. Hey, so, I won't get too into it with you on that. That's probably pretty true. Yeah. Um, oh, we've already mentioned Harry Potter got missed. Two, two and three, three and four, four got mentioned, but number Go five, one of my favorite movies of all time. This is another movie that I can just quote. I can just rattle off the script from beginning to end. Rush Hour Two. This is a classic. You got Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Uh, Carter and Lee head to Hong Kong for a vacation. But, of course, shenanigans have to happen. They can't just relax. They get into a whole kind of ridiculous shenanigans involving counterfeit money scam. This movie is just so ridiculous and fantastic. And I'm so happy that it's actually number five on the box office 25. But just so much fantastic Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan, buddy cops. I love how much role reversal was in this movie. Yes. Where, like, everything that was funny with Chris Tucker making fun of Jackie Chan in the first movie. Right. We just get to flip the script entirely. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. So simple, but it works. Yeah, it was it was fantastic. Oh, so, I love this movie so I'm much. I'm pretty sure you feel great about this next one, too. Yes, I do. The Mummy Returns. We get another another action-packed adventure with Brendan Fraser. Uh, this was where... Is it what? Well, yeah, the body of Imhotep was shipped to a museum in London, and then he wakes up and you know rage and terror. Uh, Except it, instead of Egypt, we're in London. Now. We're in London. You got double deckers and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, Mummy Returns, Brendan Fraser, all kinds of good stuff. Um, you can go on to this next piece of trash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I really like Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I'm not saying the acting was great, but I'm kind of a sucker for anything. I, I guess set piece dramas, right? Because like we all, it is abundantly known how much I love the Titanic. <laughs> it's true. Pearl Harbor kind of falls into that, and like I'll be real honest, I like Michael Bay movies. And you do like Michael Bay movies. Here's a Michael Bay movie that has a coherent plot. Yep. And you got um, you got a good cast. This should have been better than should have been better. Should but. have been better, but it wasn't. But it's still a pretty good flick. It's a pretty good finale. <laughs> It was I'm like three hours. It was like three hours too long, and I think it was like four hours, <laughs> or at least it felt like it. God, that movie. Here's another one I wasn't aware of that came out. Yeah, yeah, know. Ocean's Eleven. Eleven. Matt Damon. <laughs> but yeah, Ocean's Eleven. It is. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows it. The the next one we've mentioned in anger. Yeah, and I don't even want to talk about it. Yep. All right. JP three. We're just moving on. Uh, obviously mentioned those, uh, Hannibal with Anthony Hopkins. Number 12 on the list. Yep. Number Um, 12 on the list. This is also, this one was weird because I really like Silence of the Lambs. Right. This has a, a who's who in Uh it with Anthony Hopkins, Julianne Moore, Gary Oldman, Ray Liotta, directed by Ridley Scott. Um, Dude, I just, I, I, I wasn't feeling this like I did Silence of the Lambs. That's fair. I think a lot of people were in that boat, but yeah. Uh, series of movies I never really got into. Number thirteen, American Pie Two. 
The first one was so much better. <laughs> and then a movie I think we'll get into more in depth later. But the first entry into what I don't think anybody expected to be a film you know, franchise juggernaut. Still running in 2019 strong. Yeah, well, actually 2020, because they started yep. filming 9 today. Yep. Oh my god. So what, what movie are we talking about, Ben? The Fast and the Furious. This first one starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, Rip, Michelle Rodriguez. And Jordana Brewster. Yep. Cannot forget Jordana Brewster. You can go into that one later. I know you'll have a lot yep. to say. Uh, so, uh, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Honestly, until Rampage came out, I would have almost said this might be one of the best video game <laughs> adaptations, and that is not saying a lot. That is not saying a lot, but yeah. There is, this... there is one scene that a mm-hmm. teenage adolescent Ben loved in this uh, movie. Yes, I know. The damn shower about. scene. Yep. Vintage Angelina Jolie looking <laughs> fine as hell in this movie. Oh my god. And John then... Voight as her dad was an interesting choice. Yeah, that's a decision they made. And then he was one that it didn't hit me until I actually was flipping through and saw this on TV like a year or so ago. Yeah. Ian Glenn as like her kind of rival. Oh, yeah. More people probably know him as um, Jorah. Yeah, yeah. He's in Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, yeah. So this, that, yeah. Was a, that was an interesting one for me. That's always, that's always cool to notice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so apparently we cannot do anything movie related without talking about Doctor Doolittle because <laughs> number sixteen, Doctor Doolittle two, or I just we I guess we can't do anything without talking about Eddie Murphy. Well, that's because this was like the prom of Eddie Murphy. Right yeah, now. yeah. Well, no, was... let's not say prom. Let's rephrase it. This was the decline of the Eddie decline Murphy. of Eddie Murphy, and he there was just go. throwing his name on everything. Yeah, because sorry, I got this mixed up with Nutty Professor, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna fight me for getting this mixed up. <laughs> so I'm not. Yeah, but the whole number on this one was yeah. he, the they have to save a forest. Yep, and he finds out that his daughter can also talk to animals. That, which is the premise for the happens. rest of the movies in this series. Yep, because there's more. I don't. Oh God. Yeah, you're right. There is more. Hmm. Wow. Some of these were like straight to straight to. Uh, VHS, I think. Dude, some of them were straight to bargain, man. Doctor Doodle three. There's a Doctor Doodle tail in chief. Okay, yeah, we're not gonna. Hold on. If I keep looking at this, I'm gonna make us watch them all. All right. Nope. <laughs> so number seventeen, the action adventure comedy of Spy Kids. This movie was better than it had any right being. It really was, and it had Antonio Banderas, which, yeah. And I don't think it was the first one, but I'm pretty sure the second one I even had um, uh, Christopher Walken, which is just ridiculous. I think you're right. We've already talked about Black Hawk Down. Yes, we talked about Black Hawk Down. Number 19 now. Princess Diaries. Yeah. Weird. Do you think this is kind of what brought Anne Hathaway into the limelight? It's the first time I remember seeing an Anne Hathaway movie would have been Princess Diaries. Okay. Yep. But. Not a been movie. Yeah. Seemingly normal girl finds out she's a princess. Bam. 
Julie Andrews, Anne Hathaway. It's yeah, it's a movie. It's a comedy. It's funny. Um, number twenty, a movie that I keep being told to watch uh, with Tom Cruise, Vanilla Sky. It confuses me. That's what I figured. Yeah. I think it good cast though you get. Tom I think it confuses everybody, so I'm not trying to be a dick. <laughs> Tom Cruise, Penelope Cruz, yep. Cameron Diaz, and Kurt Russell. Yeah. So. You got a pretty solid cast. Okay, another Nicole Kidman movie that came out this year that I really liked, The Others. Um, very weird horror thriller, which I, th- because of the way this movie goes, I thought this was an M. Night Shyamalan movie until I went back and looked, and I was like, oh, that was an M. Night Shyamalan. But it is worth a watch. It is a very weird uh, kind of horror movie. She lives in this old house that has to be very dark at all times because both of her children are photosensitive are photosensitive and it almost always has to be dark and yeah you can imagine how that goes in a dark old house yeah that's not cool yeah yeah it's it's quite creepy uh next up we have legally blonde uh should have brought my wife on to talk about this for two hours she could do it too yep uh, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, I love the. I love how this whole movie played out, <clears throat> where you have the character of Elle Woods basically realizing she just isn't a dumb Barbie, and then having to overcome that stereotype but also kind of living up to the stereotypes at the same time. She embraces the good parts. Yeah. 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 But, I don't but know, it's still smart. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really awesome come up moments. In this yeah. Movie yeah. That I enjoy. You also had Luke Wilson in this movie. You, oh, you did. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, when I first saw this, I was like, that's the guy from blue streak. So uh, of course you were all that matters. <laughs> so, uh, um, number 23, we have America Sweethearts, which no idea about this. No idea, but it's got Julia Roberts, John Cusack, and Billy Crystal, and Catherine Zeta-Jones. So maybe we need to add that to the watch list. Yeah, that probably needs to be on the watch list. But number 24, we mentioned in the fact that it won um, a Razzie, which is Cats and Dogs. So Yep. Talking yep. cats, fighting dogs. That also very, talk. To me, very... Toy soldiers vibes. Yeah. So, but you had voice voices of Alex Baldwin, Toby Maguire, Jeff Goldblum. Right. Just Charleston Heston was awful, apparently. Yeah. And I feel like number twenty five and number twenty six should be swapped, but that's not the way the cookie crumbled. Um, number twenty five being Save the Last Dance. No I don't know anything about this movie, but I'm going to mention number 26 just because Atlantis lost Empire. There you go. So, another great animated feature for 2001. So, that's a lot of box office. That is a ton of box office. Yeah. So. And, there's, and there are so many movies that weren't in the top 25 that so should have been there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. 
Um, I'm going to let you, because you started talking about it, and we mentioned it's still a juggernaut. One day we'll probably do a full podcast or multiple podcast episodes about it. Start with your best of the rest. Well, I forgot that it was in top 25 when I put it here. Right, but you can break but, the rules. Okay, but it but it deserves to be talked about more. Yep. Fast and Furious. This is... I know for a lot of people that don't care about the franchise anymore because, oh, it's not about street racing anymore. Right. Go back and watch this movie. The uh, Street racing was just a backdrop for everything going on. <laughs> the fact that they're stealing stuff using cars is introduced in this movie. There's there's so much backstory that's not involved street racing that when people now say, I'm not saying it hasn't gotten completely over the top now. Well, when people I mean, say yeah. that it's lost focus, I'm just like, no, they've just turned it up to fucking 11. Yep. So, if you want to talk about one that was more focused on racing, I would say two. Sure. Or, or Tokyo Drift. Definitely. So. Um, awesome. My next, my next, and this might be one of my, I would say maybe top five of all time. All right. Night's Tale. Hell yeah. uh, Heath Ledger. This first off, the soundtrack for this movie, absolutely oh, incredible. so good. Where they mix in, they mix in new songs into this old world, like kind of blending them together. I love that. You also have Mark Addy, who here's another Game of Thrones connection. Mark Addy goes on later to play Robert Baratheon in Game of Thrones. You're right. So there's you another Game of Thrones connection. And then the uh the way they present uh Chaucer in this movie is I love everything about it. But just the 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 music in this movie, the way that was done, the acting is pretty on point and it stays well it's a pretty serious subject, it stays pretty lighthearted. Like it's very aware of what it's trying to do. And right. I'm there for all of it. Right. Uh, my next one, it was mentioned as a Razzie film, Driven, <laughs> um, a, a, a Sylvester Stallone masterpiece. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> yeah, that's that's a joke. Don't take that one seriously at all. Um, it was originally supposed to be about Indy cars, but Indy would not give Stallone the uh, like inside information he needed. So he went ahead and switched it to being part of the Cart uh, Championship Series, which is now extinct. Um, this is a little interesting backstory on that one. Um, yeah, I did not know that. That is yeah, pretty cool. But yeah, that's that's why that's why that happened. And the the scene that I remember the absolute most is um, the character of Jimmy Bly taking off down the street in one of these cart cars, like loaded city streets. <laughs> and then Sylvester Stallone, who's like a retired car driver, having to get in and chase him down. And that was a very intense scene. Uh, you also have Burt Reynolds in this movie, who is trying to convince... Um, he, he was paralyzed in a wreck. Mm-hmm. And he is trying to convince Stallone to help uh, the character of Jimmy Bly. 
to to help him be a better racer because he just can't get his like he can't get his head in the game right so he's trying to get that uh that worked out so awesome it's fun watch it and then this movie i think everybody loves it and i can't believe it took them so many years to get a sequel out <laughs> when you sit down to watch this movie you got to get yourself a liter of cola and watch <laughs> super troopers there's I'm, I'm not there's too much funny in this movie to go into sure but god dude broken lizard knows what's up they had quality humor They've had some misses, but for the most part, pretty quality humor. Right, right. And uh, I think my last one that isn't mentioned, which I, I'm surprised you didn't mention as much as you love Martin Lawrence, was A Black Knight. God, such a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Lawrence such... plays an employee at like a medieval music park. <laughs> like a, like a renaissance fair kind of thing. Yeah, gets hit in the back of the head <laughs> and wakes up in 14th century England. Oh, God. And is I having to like movie. try to pass himself off as a knight. And of course, he's like the only black man in it, right, right. England. Right, right. Oh, out, like, my God. Bunch, but it was pretty hilarious. God, that's such a good movie. I, I regret not putting it there, but I'm glad it was there for you. So... Oh, after you talked forever. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go into my best of the rest. So, uh, surprising this wasn't higher up on the list um, because it seemed to be very popular back then. Um, Blow, uh, 2001 biographical crime film about the famous American cocaine smuggler, George Jung, uh, but starring that late 90s, early 2000s Johnny Depp you got Penelope Cruz in this. You got Ray Liotta in this. This movie is really cool in the way that it goes through like this guy's entire history, um, from kind of how he got into the game, um, which was not initially in cocaine; it was in marijuana. So, kind of his like entry, the gateway, gateway drug, gateway drug. Um, <laughs> podcast sponsored to you by Dare. Um, so how he got in, how it evolved, and then you just kind of watch the eras of his life, and it's a really, really cool story. It is absolutely insane. Um, if you have not watched it, go back and watch it. This is a just solid movie. Um, so moving to a totally different tone, um, and also, like I said, I would mention Smash Mouth again in this podcast, and here we are, Rat Race. This movie, did you ever see this movie, Ben? Uh, bits and pieces. I know Mr. this movie Bean is was... hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Bean's in it. So you got Rowan Atkinson, you got uh, John uh, John Cleese, you got Whoopi Goldberg, Cuba Gooding Jr., Seth Green, Amy Smart's in this. A bunch of just like, of course, huge ensemble cast. Uh, you got Jonathan Lovowitz. Just just so many people, and it's just a bunch of rich people making people do stupid things. It was a race um, from Las Vegas. Uh, to Silver City, New Mexico, to a train station where there's going to be a duffel bag filled with $2 million, and the first person who gets there gets to keep the money. Obviously, all kinds of hijinks um, along the way. So this was Amazing Race, the movie. This was Amazing Race, the movie. This movie has so many things that, like, Lana and I will still quote, and just so many ridiculous moments. This movie's hilarious. 
my favorite thing is that they did not know how to end this movie. I'm going to give you a few seconds. If you don't want to know how they ended this movie, forward ahead and watch it for yourself. But, now you've been warned, they did not know how to end this movie. So this movie just ends with Smash Mouth playing All-Star live and all the cast just dancing around to Smash Mouth. Approve. I love it. It's so ridiculous every time I think about it. <laughs> just go back and watch the whole thing, Ben, because you will you will you will be happy you did. Um, <laughs> so another very very obscure one that I only found a few years ago um, that was made in two thousand one called the Lost Skeleton of Cadavera. This is meant to be like a parody movie. It's like a science fiction parody, and it is. Basically, is meant to be like a huge spoof, a huge spoof of like '50s B movies. Um, they they filmed this whole movie on a budget less than a hundred thousand dollars, and then converted it to black and white in post production. Um, so the entire thing is in black and white. It is just this ridiculous story, and it's it's hilarious. It's a great movie to watch with a bunch of friends because it's like you're gonna have your own like you know, Mystery Science Theater 3000 going on in your living room. So plenty of times I've had people over, everybody's drinking, you start watching this movie, everybody's cracking up. It's a good time. I don't know how we haven't watched this together, Ben, but we should. Mostly because when we're, we're together, we're just drinking heavily. That's a, that's a, yeah, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> but um, another movie which I'm surprised wasn't, higher in the uh in the box office because uh, this was a steven spielberg film um artificial intelligence it was right on the coast yeah. it was number 27 yeah, yeah yeah it was pretty close um i just i just thought this was going to be a lot higher i'm also surprised there was no awards this was a really really cool movie um about ai right and about kind of the possible consequences of it, maybe some of the dark sides of artificial intelligence um, follows like a, you know, robotic boy and the first of his kind program to love and what comes with that. It is incredibly depressing, but good movie. Um, And then I think this one became a cult classic way after it was released. Um, Donnie Darko with our boy Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a science fiction psychological thriller, I guess, right? So you got Jake Gyllenhaal, you got Maggie Gyllenhaal, you got Drew Barrymore in this. There's a bunch of uh, really cool people in this, but it's... He's a troubled character, uh, and he spends time trying to find the meanings behind his doomsday-related visions. Um, this definitely became a cult classic. It almost didn't even make it to the theater. Um, it was almost released straight to video. Um, and the reason it was almost released straight to video was uh, partially also because this came out in... Uh, it got a limited release in October of 2001, uh, so very shortly after September 11th, 2001, and one of the like opening scenes of the movie is there's like a plane crashing into people's houses. So touchy that, subject. Yeah, touchy subject at that period of time. 
Um, I know there was other movies affected by this, you know, back in back in that time period. But this is a very cool movie, a uh, very odd movie. If you haven't seen it, definitely recommend it. So that is my five. That's what's up. Yep. Uh, once again, do want to thank you guys because we have tried to post some stuff to get some social media engagement here. Um, big shout out to, as we've already said, Joshua Calipi. Um, also our good buddy MJC talking about the B and C level comedies from 2001 that he loves. Pretty and... sure he had to have meant uh, Rat Race. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he did. We'll have to ask him on the next wrestling cast. Absolutely. Uh, and then also a, another person who has joined us for some video or, or for some of the podcast, uh, Chris Needy, talking about uh, his. If he had to pick, it'd be between Training Day and a Night's Tale. And that's how yep. I knew me and him are friends because yep. those were two of my favorite movies. Yep, um, that's true. Uh, some comments we got from last week, um, and honestly. Uh, <laughs> We had, uh, apparently, talking about fast food, bad fast food experiences, <laughs> struck a chord with uh, one of our favorite listeners, Ashley Holmes here, that if uh, if you follow, just go, and I mean, she gave us like five or six ones, maybe we should have had her as a guest. Yeah, she said, she said she'll be on again if we want to. We want to go off on on fast food again. So, but, but maybe I, we'll... I want you to tell me. I want you to tell the story that she told you. Oh, <laughs> after she listened to our podcast last yeah, week. Yeah. So after listening to you know our our last podcast, which was "Don't Get Your Buckets," these were fast food and general food horror stories. She messaged me uh, about middle eh, middle of the. Uh, afternoon and she was like your podcast inspired me to go out and have a really bad subway experience apparently so she ended up somewhere out in the boonies subway and mcdonald's were kind of the only things around and she went with the subway instead of the mcdonald's and she was like this place is out of so many things their veggies are not fresh i've never had a bad subway experience before what the heck at least it's a gift card purchase which ben you also have been in that gift card purchase but still bad subway experience yep but, yeah. yep, we love to hear your stories, so thank you, Ash, for for helping out with that. We have some other stories from Ash that we'll probably read up in a uh, in a, one of our more freeform episodes. Indeed. So to close out the year 2001, yes. in what are your closing thoughts on it? Oh, this year, it had... It had a lot of really good movies. It didn't have a Battlefield Earth, um, so that's you know a plus. I think putting it above the year two thousand. Um, so pretty cool movie. Great for fantasy. Great even for science fiction. So you kind of ran the gambit on uh, genres in the two thousand one time period. So uh, an interesting time for cinema, I guess. I think for me, this year I can now look back as the start of like so many big franchises. Yep, Fast and the Furious. Yeah, right. Fast and the Furious. You got Shrek. You've got, yep. I mean, Monsters Inc. had a, yep. a second strong showing. And of course, you know, Harry Potter and yep. the dominance it, it had. So I like, and I mean, even you got to say Planet of the Apes because 
the next couple ones that came out were really good. Oh yeah, yeah. Once this this last this last reboot of Planet of the Apes has been exceptional. Yeah. So. So it's just it's it, like you said it's a good movie. Like like when we were going through these movies, I'm like, all right, almost all of these I could flip on and be entertained. Yeah, yeah. At any time I would watch you know most of these, and I just watched Rush Hour two recently, even before we had this idea. Right. Right. So yeah, I I mean I think that's all I really got to say about the year two thousand and one in movies. Yep, sounds good. So all right, Ben. We will work on getting you guys a new episode for next week. Hope you had a safe fourth, and that you still have all your fingers and toes. Eyes, hopefully, ears. Yeah, hopefully Terry's wheelchair has enough battery so he can throw it in reverse this year. <laughs> but whether you're Ow. listening to this. Morning, noon, or evening. Have a great day, afternoon, or night. Bye.